And for the next 10 minutes, we're going to go on to the boxing this weekend, which is David Lemieux versus Billy Joe Saunders. We'll try and put that in the next five minutes. And then for the five minutes after that, we'll talk about the current state of the heavyweight division and uh, what I expect to happen and what, what, what I'd like to happen and the purses and the splits that's been going constantly around the internet at the moment with the Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker situation. First of all, we'll talk about the Billy Joe Saunders fight. We'll end with five minutes, actually, uh, after I've done both boxing reviews with uh, an MMA review because it's obviously a big fight between Robbie Lawler and Rafael Dos Anjos this weekend. And I'd like to think that I'm pretty knowledgeable on both these subjects. Uh, why I'm boxing is because I've done it my whole life. I did it my whole life for 12, 15 years, probably starting at the age of about five, six, um, always I was about 18, 19. I've boxed at amateur level and bo boxed in front of people at events, you know, so I'm not talking as if I don't know and never been in a situation myself. Although the magnitude is different, obviously, to world, world elite fighters fighting for world titles to an amateur boxer, but still I, I do have an insight into the day-to-day -day workings of the business, how a promoter works, how the events work. So we'll get onto the Lemieux. Billy Joe Saunders fight. For the American and Canadian viewers, I'll know a lot about Lemieux. Uh, he's, a, he's got dynamite. He's got dynamite in his hand. There's no doubt about it. The guy hits like a fucking donkey kicks. You know, he, he's got dynamite in both fists. He, he will knock you out. I mean, if he's going to win a fight, it's probably going to be by knockout. Billy Joe Saunders. He's gone under the radar. Criminally underrated, I'd say. Um especially in in the states and Canada they won't know much about him but he's a very very good boxer it's a classic fight between puncher and boxer if there's going to be a knockout and there's going to be a winner by a knockout you'd have to put money on Lemieux however if it goes to decision even in Canada it's probably going to be a Billy Joe Saunders decision unless he gets robbed out there because he's very very sneaky he's very good He's very crafty, he's very slick, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Andre Ward, but he fights like Andre Ward, if you know what I mean, in the sense that he's an in-and-out sort of guy. He hasn't got much power in his fists. He's got a little bit of pop, but not much at top, top level. So the question is, can he keep Lemieux off with his jab? I mean, if, if Lemieux takes that jab and says to himself that this guy doesn't hit hard, he's going to walk for him all night. So Billy Joe has to go out there and put in solid punches at the start to make Lemieux back off, because he wants Lemieux on his back foot. If Lemieux's on his front foot and he's walking forward and throwing bombs, that's exactly his sort of fight. That's exactly what he wants to tear up. Billy Joe, on the other hand, he doesn't need to get into a tear-up. He needs to stay away from that dynamite right hand of Lemieux and, and just just stay away from both fifths, to be honest, because, as I said, his knockout ratio is high. Everybody knows what he does. He's limited, but he's very good at what he does, and he's a knockout machine. Personally, how do I see the fight going? I'm leaning towards Billy Joe, not... I try not to be biased. Obviously, I'm English, so obviously I'm going to have a little bit of bias towards English fighters. I think, even though I like to think that I don't, I've got to put that in the back of my head that maybe there is. If Billy Joe fights as well as he can, and he does, the better the opponent, the better Billy Joe turns up, then he'll win a comfortable decision. Maybe majority, maybe in Canada, but he should win a comfortable decision. If the fight ends in knockout, there's only going to be one winner, and that's the move. That's what he does. That's not Billy Joe's bread and butter. Billy Joe's bread and butter is box, move, stick, jab, move. It's going to be a great fight. I really do think that. I think the move's going to take the fight to Billy Joe and we're going to see the best Billy Joe turn up that we've seen because often Billy Joe will fight B-level opponents and put in a B-level performance and only just get the job done. He needs to put on a good show and get the job done properly in Canada because if, it, if it's anything close, you can imagine that at Montreal, they're going to give the decision to David Lemieux. But it's a great fight. It's a great fight for HBO Boxing. 
it's a good fight for Billy Joe to go out there and get some cover, uh, get some coverage over there and get some people knowing his name, because the winner of this fight, in all likelihood, is going to be probably going to go on to fight Golovkin or Canelo, especially if Billy Joe comes out. If Billy Joe comes out, he's the only world title holder other than Golovkin in the division, so he's almost definitely going to get one of those two for his for for, for the end of the year. Lemieux, however, there's other options for him. He can go and defend against Daniel Jacobs. There's other big fights for him. There's a there's a Canelo fight. Obviously, they're both Golden Boy fighters. So obviously, Oscar De La Hoya is going to eat that up if Lemieux wins. He's going to jump them too, and for him, it's a win-win situation. For the next five minutes, we'll talk about the current state of the heavyweight division. Everybody's got an opinion of it. Uh, the splits and the promoters having their words on things. We'll try and break it down. Try and give you a bit of insight as to how boxing works. If you don't know and you just watch it. It's a funny business. Some of it's corrupt. I think that's easy to believe with some of the decisions you just you see on TV. So for the next five minutes, we'll try and cover that, and we'll uh, try and uh, get you a bit a bit of understanding about how it works and why splits the way they way they are. So now we'll talk about the state of the heavyweight division. You know, we've got some kings in this division. We're lucky. We're really lucky in the sense that. Although Vladimir Klitschko was a great champion and he had it for so many years and years and years, now we've got some fresh blood and some exciting talent to fight and put their undefeated records against each other, which is what boxing should be about. It's, it's about what the fans want. The fans want these fights, but it's obviously difficult to make these with, with the promoters involved. Best puncher for me, Johnny Wilder. He's got that one hit, quitter power. Obviously, Anthony Joshua hits very fucking hard as well. It's not like you want to be hit by that guy, but if I had to pick a best puncher, it's going to be Johnny Wilder. Most durable, Joseph Parker, definitely. It, he's gone about his business in a so-so way. I'm not really on board with all what his promoter's doing about Anthony Joshua having a glass chin and all this. I don't take that to heart. I think they're just trying to get the fight. I mean, people get dropped in sparring and amateurs. This, this stuff happens. It normally doesn't leave the gym. To me, it's a bit of a snaky thing to leave the gym. Um, him getting dropped by Vladimir Klitschko, don't read much into that because, you know, he's getting dropped by someone who's is an elite-level fighter who punches and has a ridiculous knockout ratio. So to get dropped by Vladimir Klitschko is, no fucking, is nothing to be fucking laughing at. So certainly nothing to be picking up on because if you're thinking that someone's got a weak chin because they got dropped by Vlad, then you're going to be in trouble because you might find out that actually they, they're not so weak. Best all round for me, Joshua. He's got that European durable style where he, he has his high guard and he has that stiff jab and he's got a good team around him and he's obviously won a gold medal, so he's got some pedigree to him. At the moment, the percentages, you know, people who are not huge boxing fans or not really in-depth in the game, they don't understand why it's not 50-50. I'll tell you why it's not 50-50. Joseph Parker and Yardo, John Iwilder, with all due respect, because they're both, again, good fighters, their total, you know, their average crowd attendance is around 5,000, probably five to 10,000. Anthony Joshua's average attendance right now is between 80 and 90,000. You know, you have countries like or places like Dubai, and you have Lagos in Nigeria, you have South Africa, you have Barcelona in Catalonia. The, these places are willing to put millions and millions and millions of pounds just to stage a Joshua fight. He does not need either of them to fight him to have these big attendances. He has a big following. He's on adverts and TV in the UK. He's got plenty of sponsorships. He's getting 10 million a fight easy every time at the moment. No matter who he fights, he's, he's easily clearing 5 million. Now, Joseph Parker has fought on YouTube. There's a big difference. John A. Wilder, for whatever reason, the American public, maybe it's because of the introduction to MMA, they're really not backing their, their fighter like the UK do. We're a big boxing nation, so obviously we really, we really back all of our fighters. Um, again, when you talk about money, you're talking about Joshua. 
he brings in five to ten million easy every time. A career high payday for Wilder, one million pound. This is really poor considering what Joshua is earning. Again, Parker, I'd be amazed if he's earned a million in any fight, to be quite honest with you. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. That's why the splits are what they are. Because one guy is drawing hundreds of thousands of people, millions and millions of pounds, dollars, whatever you want to call it, and has a huge fan base, sponsorships, everything. The other two, they don't have that backing. That is why Anthony Joshua demands a bigger purse. And, 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 and to be honest, you can totally understand why. If you sit there and look at every single example given and look in depth about what, who is bringing what to the table, there's one fighter bringing a considerable, not, not a little bit, but a considerable, a huge, significant amount of difference. So when you hear that Joseph Parker wants 35% and you might think, oh, that doesn't seem like much, 35% is probably five times what he's earned in the past, probably more than five times what he's ever earned in any fight. That's why Eddie Hearn and all the other promoters or, or the people with Joshua are saying, hey, that's a bit of a big percentage for us. I can kind of agree with what they're saying because without Joshua, Parker's not much. Same with John A. Wilder. He wants $7 million to fight Dylan White. I mean, that's massive. So if he wants $7 million to fight Dylan White, he wants 50-50 with Joshua. You can't, you can't argue and say that that's fair. You can't. If you look at all the, all the aspects of the game and how it works... It, that's not how it works. Even as a fighter, even as someone like me who would make their pro debut, if the other person sells more tickets, he is the bigger draw. He will get a bigger percentage of the purse than I will. That's just the way it goes from the start to the, to, to the bottom, rather, all the way to the top. Hopefully we get these guys fighting. I think we will. Joshua clearly wants all the titles. He's looking to unify every time he fights. Fair play to the guy. Everybody calls him. There's a lot of bad words in there about the guy, but I haven't got a bad word to say about him because he's doing a lot in very little time. A shorter time. A shorter time than Parker and Wilder, and he's managed to achieve a lot a lot more and has a lot more credible opponents on his record. For the next five minutes, we'll try and discuss the uh, UFC main event between Robbie Lawler and... We'll talk a little bit more about boxing. We'll talk about the last fight. I mean, anyone, especially boxing purists, would have really been looking forward to the Rigandu versus Lomachenko fight. What can I say? On one hand, you're super, you're super excited because you see Lomachenko do his thing, and trust me, he does his thing. That guy is near from the matrix. He literally sees your punches going at half the speed they're actually going, and somehow he's he's just dancing around you like a ballerina, but occasionally punching you in the face, which is never a good thing. However, on the other hand, Rigando, I'm sorry, I don't care if you hurt your hand, you haven't broken it, it's okay, you can live with that, you can try and win that fight, I know it seems difficult, but you quit, you ain't a fighter in my eyes, you ain't a fighter in my eyes, because you quit, I don't care if the other guy's better than me, and he's kicking my ass, I'm gonna go out on my shield, that's the way I've been brought up, that's the way it was, what it was like for me in the gym, you know, if I see a bigger, stronger guy, and I get asked to spar, and he kicks my ass in a round, I'm going to come out for round two. I'm going to do that second round of sparring because I'm just going to show him I'm not going to take a backward step. You may be bigger than me, you may be stronger than me, and you may even be better than me. But do you know what? Until you make me stop, I ain't going to stop. There's no way I'm going to sit on my stool and say my hand hurts or my nose is bloody or my head hurts. I'm going to keep fighting. That's, that's the name of the game. That's why you want to be in the game. If you haven't got the heart to do that, you shouldn't be doing this sport. You shouldn't be doing this sport because to me, you're robbing the fans. Because the fans pay good money. You know, if I paid a ticket to go and watch that show and that guy just quit because he didn't fancy it, I'd be, I'd be, I'd expect a refund. Because you're training to fight. That, that is your job. You're, is boxing is, is an art, is an art of fighting. Just like mixed martial arts, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, all these things. You don't, you don't expect someone to give up just because somebody's better than them. Imagine if you were watching a football game and Man United were beating, I don't know, 
Swansea 4-0 and Swansea just walked off the pitch at the 60th minute. That's not how sport works. That's not how it should be. Well, as I said, no Maschenko. That was brilliant for Lomachenko when he said that. They need to find a fighter for him. I don't know what they do. The problem is when you've got a guy who's so good is do you just put him up in weight class? Up, up, up. Because then you're giving everybody a significant advantage. Do you really want to put your fighter at risk just, just because he's so be so much better than everybody else? He's got to move up, in my opinion. He can move up maybe to light welterweight, but I can't see him going much further than that. Uh, Manny Pacquiao did it, but this is in the time before drug tests, and if you ask me, that guy was pumping something in his, in his system to get as big as he has got big, because that guy's a small guy. Um, and not many people start where he started and end up at that weight class. It's very difficult for somebody to do that. And that's so incredibly tall, in which case they can build that body mass. But again, Manny Pacquiao is not someone who is incredibly tall. I was just disappointed from it all, to be honest with you. It was such a, you know, any boxing fan, and if you listen to this and you're a huge boxing fan, you'll know these two fighters are great. You know, two of the great amateurs. You know, their combined record in the amateurs is something ridiculous. It is quite literally something ridiculous. So few losses and so many wins. So to watch the spectacle turn into just a... A bit of a farcical event it was just disappointing for me. With Lomachenko, it's, it's going to be difficult to match him now. Does Gary Russell want to fight? I don't think anyone wants to fight that this guy, especially at those weights. Uh, you know, John, Javonta Davis, they're not going to throw him into Lomachenko. They'll be feeding him to the Lions. He, he doesn't want a part piece, piece of that, and I don't blame him. Um, Mikey Garcia, I was looking forward. I thought these two would get it on. Mikey Garcia is... Uh, a warrior. So I thought to myself, do you know what? I reckon they'll make this fight next. Now it's come out that he's jumped up in weight. He's looking for another, another belt in another weight class. Again, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed by it. I understand, you know, in the way boxing works, the way the way the fans are so ill-informed about the sport and don't know what it's like day to day. For him to win a belt in another weight class, you know, people say, oh, he's a five, he's a five weight world champion. But to me, he isn't unifying these belts. So he's not a five-weight world champion because there's other champions in these weight classes. That's the way boxing is now. There's different belts, and you've got to fucking unify these belts to show that you are the best in that weight class. He should have been fighting Linares. I thought he would have beat Linares anyway, but he's jumping up in weight now to fight Lipnitz. And who's just gone from that weight division? Terence Crawford. So to me, it seems like he's, he's looking down and thinking Lomachenko. He's looking up and thinking, OK, Crawford's gone up one. I'm going to go up one. You know, it's, it's, it's some great fights to be made in the world, around the world weight division as well. Terrence Crawford is is an absolute demon. He's great at what he does. Again, he, you know, there's him, Furman, Spence. I'm looking forward to these fights. Hopefully, Marky Garcia moves up. Lomachenko moves up. If they, we could get these guys in the ring together, that'd be brilliant. Uh, it's an exciting time for me if you're a boxing fan. There's some really good fighters coming. And I think Lomachenko is changing the game. People are going to start to try and mimic that style. There's a, there's, a, there's an up-and-coming British guy who fights a bit like him called Josh Kelly. Watch out for him, people. He's 